you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for LAist's new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We are where we eat. We'll go behind the scenes of LA restaurants. The kickoff event is May 22nd. Tickets at LAist.com slash events. Welcome to Air Talks TV Talk from LAist 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. Every Thursday, I'm joined on Air Talk by professional TV critics to review and discuss the newest cable TV, broadcast, and streaming series. With so much content available, we know it's hard to pick something to watch, and we're here to help. All right, let's meet this week's critics. Every Thursday here on Air Talk, we bring on a couple of TV critics to help us navigate the oh-so-saturated landscape of streaming and cable TV shows, and hopefully they give us a few ideas on how to spend our precious TV time over the weekend. With me to talk about it today, Kristen Baldwin, TV critic for Entertainment Weekly. Hello, Kristen. Hi, how are you? We, I'm stellar now that you're here. We also have Jen Cheney on the line. She's a TV critic for Vulture. Jen, welcome to you. Thank you so much. Well, let's start off with the Vince Staples show. Jen, what are you thinking? Well, this is a show that's based around uh, Vince Staples, who is an actual person, a hip-hop artist. Uh, he's also an actor. You may have seen him, for example, on Abbott Elementary. Um, he played Quinta Brunson's boyfriend during the previous season. And this is the first time he's had his own show really built around him. Uh and in a lot of ways, it reminds me a little bit of Atlanta, the Donald Glover show, in that it's also about uh, mm. someone who is a well-known hip-hop artist to some level, but trying to navigate his fame. Each episode is really a different story, so you can almost drop in at any point. And it's funny, but there is certainly social and racial commentary embedded in every episode. Um, it's a quick watch. It's five episodes, about half an hour or less each. And I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really strong, and I'd like to see a second season for this. Talking about the Vince Staples show on Netflix, Kristen, what did you make of it? I loved it, and I, uh, though I had also seen him on Ad Abbott Elementary, I really wasn't familiar with him as a rap artist um, and didn't know what to expect. And what I like about it is, you know, yes, he's playing himself, he is the rapper, but the show has nothing to do with his music career. We just follow him as he kind of tries to make it through the day in Long Beach. And my favorite episode called Black Business, uh, finds him in the middle of a bank robbery and hostage situation. But it turns out that one of the armed assailants, played by a guy who's so good, Miles Bullock, is one of his old friends from the neighborhood. And he ends up using the relationship with the thieves as leverage to get a bank loan. It's it, it's just, it takes you places that you, know, you wouldn't expect. And it's really funny and very dark. Uh, uh, as Jen said, it's it's uh, has some very sort of fatalistic overtones as well, but I loved it. That's so fascinating. I mean, I'm laughing at just the way that you've described that. <laughs> the Vin Staples Show, it's on Netflix. All five episodes premiered today, so this is hot off the presses, so definitely something I think I'm going to try to watch. Uh, let's talk about The Daily Show, Jen, because I caught it. Jon Stewart is back, and ooh, is he back. He really brought it for uh, his opener there. Tell us what you made of The Daily Show, season 29. Yeah, so Jon Stewart has signed back on as an executive producer, but he's also hosting, <clears throat> but only once a week, every Monday night. So we've only seen him do this once, but 
to your point, it was a very strong return. I think there was a lot of consternation and concern that, you know, he would still be stuck in the Obama era, uh, maybe not be offering the kind of political commentary that we need at this particularly fraught moment. But I thought he did a great job. And it was just a reminder, like, you know, Trevor Noah was great. And there are other people who do this who are great. But John Stewart is like, the OG master of this kind of political commentary. And uh, I'm really curious to see where he goes with it in the coming weeks. Yeah, that's uh, created by Madeline Smithberg and Liz Winstead. We actually talked to Madeline Smithberg on Monday ahead of the release of that show. Got some very uh, fascinating backstory on the show, how it came to be. You can definitely listen wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can listen to LAist. Uh, we were talking about The Daily Show now on season 29 on Comedy Central and Paramount+. Plus. Season premiere was on Monday. You can catch that on Paramount+. Plus. You can always catch it the day after on Paramount+, Plus as well. Otherwise, you can catch it 11 p.m. if you stay up that late on Comedy Central. Next up, Kristen, let's talk Love is Blind now on season six, which I was surprised. I had no idea they were at season six. Uh, they are just my, cranking how, it out. Time flies when the love is blind. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so season six of Love is Blind is here featuring 30 singles, this time from Charlotte, North Carolina, and they're trying to find a love connection while dating in these isolation pods where they can hear the other person through a wall but can't see them. Um, and ultimately, some of them choose to get engaged, and then they meet each other in person and have to a month to decide if they actually want to get married. And this, the first six episodes are out now, and this season uh, has some very dysfunctional love triangles, which is bad for the contestants, but very good for us. Uh, I think my favorite is Jimmy, a 28-year-old software salesman. Um, he has a hard time deciding between Chelsea, a 31-year-old flight attendant, and Jessica, a 29-year-old executive assistant. But the drama doesn't end after he proposes to one of them. And one thing we do learn this season is that you should never, ever, ever say if one of the person people in the pod says, hey, you know, are, do you have a celebrity lookalike? Don't answer that question. It's not going to lead to good things. <laughs> one no. young lady says she is often mistaken for Megan Fox. And it has okay. consequences. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, I think I can only imagine how that goes. It's a clever way of trying to figure out exactly mm -hmm. what the person that you're talking mm -hmm. to looks like, though. Uh, is this something that you would recommend for weekend watching? I mean, if you want something, oh god, yes, oh, get that yes. drama I mean, on, look, get the popcorn. Get the popcorn. Um, there is one couple that I am really invested in, uh, Brittany and Kenneth. They're an interracial couple. They both have deep faith and they fall for each other quickly. I'm so hmm. invested. I know their relationship is going to implode. This just how this show does it. <laughs> Darn this show. But yes, absolutely. It's a it's a great and very uh, sort of Schadenfreude. Binge. The show is Love is Blind, now on season six, if you can believe it. Episodes one through six premiered yesterday, Valentine's Day. Of course, episodes seven through nine uh, come out on the 21st. Overall, there will be 12 episodes. Talking right now, by the way, with Kristen Baldwin, TV critic for Entertainment Weekly, who you just heard from. We are also talking to Jen Charney, TV critic for Vulture. And Jen, let's check out the new look that's on Apple TV. It explores the rise of fashion designer Christian Dior as he dethrones Coco Chanel and helps return spirit and life to the world with his iconic imprint of beauty and influence. What a lovely description. What do you think of the new look, Jen? 
Well, after talking about Love is Blind, I feel like we need to sit up straight and conduct ourselves properly to discuss this show. Um, as you said, it is about the careers of Christian Dior and Coco Chanel, uh, who are played here respectively by Ben Mendelsohn and Juliette Binoche, two excellent, excellent actors. The first three episodes have already dropped on Apple, and they're very, very focused on the World War II era and specifically mm. how both Dior and Chanel uh, kind of worked with the Nazis and felt uh, oh. really trapped in, a, in awful situations uh, during that era. And then it'll go beyond that. Uh, a new episode drops every week and it'll talk more about their their careers and, and lives beyond that. But um, I don't know if Kristen agrees with this, but I feel like Apple TV has become the bastion of prestige TV at this mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. um, like the, all of their shows are, they look beautiful. They clearly spent money on them. They have wonderful actors in them. And this is very much in line with that idea. Uh, I don't know how much it's going to stick with me. Like I could see myself, you know, I've watched the first few. I could see myself never finishing this, even though I think it's yeah. very good. You know what I mean? Because there's just so many shows like this on Apple that are very good, but not quite, wow, you have to watch this immediately. But if you are interested in Dior or just that history, for sure, you, you should check it out. I mean, that's just such an interesting commentary that obviously they're spending a lot of money on it. What you're walking away from with it is, you know, there's so much out there. Like, I don't have to finish this. Like, you're not feeling the draw, which to me just feels like is is the storyline, is it ever going to be what it needs to be to keep you hooked, to keep you waiting for those episodes to come out again on the 21st? Right. I mean, it's just hard. As you said at the top of our segment, you know, there's just so many things to watch. And, you know, 20 years ago, a show like this, uh, would have been on HBO and probably a lot of people would have talked about it and would have gotten a lot of Emmys and maybe it will, I don't know, but um, there's so much good stuff that even stuff that is very good has to be exceptional to really break through. Wow. The new look, we're talking about it. It's on Apple TV. Episodes one through three premiered yesterday as well, Valentine's Day. Episode four will release on February 21st. Overall, there will be 10 episodes uh, let's move on to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Okay, this is one that I've actually been uh, really into, Kristen. Uh, mm -hmm. Two strangers, land job with spy agency, offers them a life of espionage, wealth, travel. But the catch is that they have new identities and they're in an arranged marriage. What could possibly go wrong? Kristen, <laughs> tell us what you're thinking yes. about. And, you know, speaking of streamers that spend a lot of money, you know, it's so interesting. Amazon last year uh, released a show called Citadel, which was like $11 bazillion in a globetrotting spy drama. And it was boring. God, mm. it was boring. And, uh, you know, but they are now doing six different spinoffs of it. Mr. and Mrs. Smith is such a unicorn because it's a reboot that nobody asked for, but it's actually really good. And it both <laughs> evolves and honors the original. And they spent a lot of money on this too, but they also cared about the writing and the characters. You know, Donald Glover and Maya Erskine uh, star as John and Jane Smith. As you said, they're paired up in an arranged marriage. They're total opposites, but naturally they fall in love. And the show sort of 
cleverly transforms the challenges of their globetrotting spy lifestyle into relatable relationship quandaries. Like my favorite example is in episode five, when the Smiths have to protect a high value asset played by Ron Perlman, one of the many big guest stars in this series. And he's so petulant and such a persistent whining little jerk that it gives them an unexpected glimpse of what life with a toddler is like. Um, and <laughs> wow. yeah, it's just every episode is a new adventure. Uh, and there's a little bit of a through line in terms of the company that they work for. But uh, there's a great cliffhanger. And I really hope that Amazon gives it another season. The show is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Donald Glover and Maya Erskine are in it. Just so fun. I haven't gotten as far as episode five, but I am seeing the connection between uh, what their mission is as their relationship evolves and uh, some of the things that they just have to simply learn by going through it. Uh, that yeah. is on Amazon Prime Video. All episodes, all eight episodes premiered earlier this month. Let's get in one last one. One Day on Netflix. Jen, what did you think? Oh, I really like this series very much. It's based on uh, the novel by David Nichols that came out back in 2009. And you may recall that it was also made into a film shortly thereafter with Anne Hathaway. But I think this uh, story is so much more suited to television because it really, the book is episodic. Every chapter takes place on mm. the same day in a different year in the life of this couple. And that just lends itself perfectly to a television show. Um, it's also helped enormously by its two leads, Ambika Maud, who you may remember from a wonderful British medical series called This Is Going to Hurt, and mm. Leo Woodall, who was in the second season of The White Lotus. You know, a show like this, it's tracing relationship is only going to work if the actors in it are appealing and complicated and interesting, and if they have great chemistry, and they absolutely do. Um, this is 14 episodes, uh, roughly 30 minutes a piece, and I blew through the whole thing in one weekend because I was enjoying it so much. So uh, definitely recommend this. Would you say there's an advantage to doing those 30-minute episodes? That's not something that I hear about very often, but it also seems like an ability to tell a story in a different way than, say, maybe an hour-long episode. Is that what you've noticed with this? Yeah, well, first of all, it's an advantage to me because every TV critic that sees 30 minutes is like, Amen. yes. Amen. <laughs> um, but I think there is value. You can tell, and especially when you have this many episodes and it's structured the way that it is, it still feels like a very deep, rich story, even though each episode might not be super long. Um, you know, I, I, I think it works really well. And the other thing is the music in this show is Excellent. They did such a good job choosing needle drops from each specific year that really are evocative of that time. Um, loved that, too. So fascinating. The show is One Day. It's on Netflix. All 14 episodes premiered earlier this month. We've been hearing from Jen Charney, TV critic for Vulture, Kristen Baldwin, TV critic for Entertainment Weekly. My thanks to you both. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Air Talks TV Talk from LAist 89.3. If you like what you heard, please subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. The LAist Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAist.com sweeps.